normally I feel like I try and start the show with like something really dumb. I'm generally really good at saying something dumb to try and get some kind of salacious response because, oh, it's funny. Hey, let's clip it and like, ah, let's let's get people into the show. It'll be funny. Um, but I genuinely don't know how to uh, try and both bring in levity, but also bring you all in and have like this overarching discussion about what the fuck's been happening for the last couple of weeks? And I think I have to take like a back seat from the from the ha ha poo poo jokes. And instead of like asking about you know ha ha's and poo poos, and be like, hey everybody. <laughs> so what? Oh, wait, you're telling me that Demon has a full twit longer with an entire Reddit thread roasting it, and you don't have a single quote to start us off with? I've oh, been crying from laughing. Well, I, I read Demon's thread this morning, and I'm like, there's no way that this is real. Did he get a single other human, let alone literally any female on Earth, to read <laughs> what he wrote before he posted it? Because I think he deserves... All of the shit that we or anyone else are going to give him, because I have never seen a more poorly worded statement. It looks like it looks like he took a thesaurus out and is like, "I need more words to sound smart," and then didn't know that some of those words actually have different meanings. Also, he clearly has no idea what sexual, what, what any type of assault is. Like, I I was baffled. I I, I opened the, the the Twitter thread. And I and all I did was I did control F erect. And I'm like, that's not that's not in there. And it was. It was. I was <laughs> I'm glad my, fa- <laughs> my favorite was there's this comment who's like, Okay, Jimmy, you've been accused. If you wanna like not be in get jail, you need to keep your head down, be apologetic. Fuck that. No no, this is the attitude. Hold my undergarments. I'm going in. <laughs> You think he would know if someone was holding his undergarments, though, but whatever. You think people knew a lot of things, Leaf, to be really honest, but this week has shown me that that's not the case. Don't assume anything. (laughs) Man, thank you, Moxie. Thank you, Renes. Like, thank you so much for being here. I feel like I have to start the show and, like, mildly repent that I do want to have you both on to actually talk about stuff that isn't this and you all. Because I feel perfectly guilty, rightly so, that the first time we are bringing women onto the show is to talk about how abhorrently women are treated in esports and the internet and life and i'll stop there so um we're guilty of that i'm sorry thank you for putting up with our horse shit on a number of accords and and thank you for being here both of you so much because i don't feel like either cap and i are well enough equipped to talk about this stuff by ourselves and i don't want to do what what the everyone else did and was be like well we're white and male and have opinions not to call it anyone in specific like i don't know cinder in or breaky cpk or sun's fan or anyone else it's fine i don't don't, like they're not important why i just want to i want to bring everyone in yeah it's nice that you ladies are here but first as a man let me tell you my opinion of what's going (laughs) on out (laughs) yeah i can't anymore Have we gotten to the point where, like, I, I feel like almost Demon gave us something to laugh about today or, like, like a moment of reprieve from what was honestly a, a, a very roller coaster week that we just had. I, I had a lot of emotions, and I'm not even really the affected party, but it was just 
I I worked less during the week. I was completely distracted. I, I it struggled to like keep up and educate myself and even just learn everything that was going on. Uh, you you got work done. That that that's not what I did. <laughs> that's not. Which, to be fair, a lot of my work involves making Dota content and putting it out there. And doing that last week was not possible. So I just kind of was like, okay, this can go on the back burner, and uh, let's let's dive in. This will be fun. Everyone loves Twitter mentions, right? <laughs> God. I think I managed to do one stream last week, and that was D&D. And that was pretty much it, like, because I was just too afraid to even attempt to, to stream anything and see what comes out of the woodwork, so to speak. Mm, I set a 30-minute delay upon following before you could talk in my chat. Mm, great choice. Got some I angry DMs about that. <laughs> I was affected by the 30 minute delay. I was like, man, Rynessa is making great points. I'm going to comment. And I was like, oh no, I can't talk for 30 minutes. Uh -oh. <laughs> You've been found out just for not following. That's the real problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's That was that was the key. Know uh -huh. who my real friends are? Um, oh no. <laughs> I went into like easing back into streaming. So like the first stream I did, I just straight up put the title, not talking, only mm -hmm. had music on, muted my microphone. And then yesterday I streamed with no webcam, but microphone on a bit. It's just like, you know, like eventually enough of those trolls and incels will get banned out of the chat and things <laughs> will return to normal. But uh, how, how have um, Moxie, I know I talked to you about this a little bit. How is your... How are your DMs going? Uh, <laughs> I need yeah. you to open up Google and I need you to write dumpster fire and I need you to look at all the images that come up because that would be essentially, you, you know, what's crazy is that I don't even have my DMs on Twitter open because it's too easy. Like if people want to mm. come out and, and just be a jerk, I'm going to make them do it in the thread so everyone can see, so everyone can see exactly what they're saying because I'm not... I'm not doing that. But I do have um, my Discord DMs. People have been messaging me there. I've had a lot of emails, actually. Um, I've had some Instagram messages, plenty in my my Twitter threads, obviously. I'm expecting an owl from Hogwarts soon to come out and just, <laughs> just ask, like, you know, hey, I have, uh, I have some questions or I have a story or just, you know, you're an idiot. Go away, Moxie. I don't know. Uh, it's It's been rough. I've had over... I don't know about you, Nessa. I'm sure you've had like an insane amount. I've had like hundreds of messages like every day. It has been insane. I've gotten a lot of messages that say, I'm sure you're getting a lot of hate right now. <laughs> and I have gotten zero DMs with hate. I have gotten a oh, couple. Oh man, what? Yeah. I'm, jealous. I've gotten I'm so jealous. Entirely support. I, the compilation Reddit thread, I have had people upset that I included Sing Sing or Zayori stuff in there. And then I replied, and I'm like, well, listen, if you just saw the first Sing Sing or the first Zayori thread, and then you're checking in on Reddit again, and you never saw the update five days later, because that's how a lot of people actually use Reddit, yep. then you're going to walk away thinking it was just the first thread. So you're mad at me trying to defend your boy Sing Sing. So was I, not defending, but I was just like, I'm trying to give everyone the fairest treatment here. Me actually including this is 
actually on your side. And those people stopped responding once I explained that. Like nobody responded after I explained that. So I consider that a win. Yeah, you'll never get an apology from, <laughs> from those people when it comes to flaming you. Once you explain further, they just stop responding out of shame, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> You were yeah. having a more hostile experience, though, Moxie? Like, people were just actively upset at you? Yeah. Yeah, I've got a lot of... Yeah. <laughs> you can read all about it, especially in my uh, my Twitter threads. If you really want to go for a deep dive, you can hear everyone who's angry at me and who thinks that I'm on the wrong side of history or who thinks I'm just, a, you know, an angry, petty bitch or whatever you want to call it. There's there's some feelings in there. There's a lot of emotions. Well, the really I have a hard thing. The really uh, good thing is that is that people when when there's stories about alleged rape coming out and you speak up about, you know, a systematic issue that you hear with women is the it always gets thrown around that there's a token woman or that diversity hires that phrase always gets thrown around. And it's a really unfair phrase. And it is yet another symptom of the problem that we're all trying to talk about. And the really hard thing is that when there's something serious out there, people are saying, well, you're muddying the water of actual victims. And I'm sorry, but it, it shouldn't have to be alleged assault to count as a victim to the greater conversation. And that's where I really saw you getting so much hate was because, first of all, it wasn't a giant, massive call out. It was directly engaging with someone. And it was a symptom of the problem. It was an element of discussion. And I think that's really hard for people when emotions are so heated to understand that this is not just about being afraid to be alone at events. This is not about having someone in a pub run down mid because they find out you're a girl. This is not about being called a token hire. This is about all of those things all put together and understanding that there's a mindset that needs to be acknowledged. And it's unfortunate that people take a conversation about one problem and just immediately associate it with like the really, really serious big things and don't look at the nuance. And that that's what made me really sad this week is that so many people were really avoiding the nuance of what was going on. I think all that stuff, I mean, there was a really, I think there was a really great tweet that was talking about it um, as being a pyramid, right? At the top, you've got mm -hmm. sexual assault. That's like the worst of the worst. But there are all of these underlying issues that over time, you know, you're like, okay, well, I can talk this way or I can joke this way or whatever. And then, you know, they start to feel a little bit bolder and they're like, well, you know, it's not a big deal. It's just a joke. They can take a joke. And it just starts to, you know, not always, obviously. I'm not saying mm -hmm. that every guy that makes a shitty joke or every girl that, you know, was a bitch to another girl is going to go up that totem but it's just something that like we were looking in the grand scheme of things we weren't just looking at sexual assault um rape and all that stuff we were looking at everything that you know women have to face and you know it's a slippery slope so one day you're saying you know oh i heard that you know moxie's the the token hire the diversity hire whatever you want to call it and then all of a sudden it becomes yeah i heard she slept with so and so to get to the next part and then it just starts to to spiral and I didn't expect it to be a Reddit thread. I didn't expect anybody <laughs> to pay attention to me. I just, I had a moment where I was just like, all right, that's kind of hypocritical and I'm a little bit angry and maybe I shouldn't have put it out there. I don't know. But it, it is, you know, a bigger part of the problem than is people that, realize. Is that moment like fueled by, 
by rage or by like like pent up aggression that happens over like the course of years now or is it like a you sitting there like am i gonna tweet this and just like waiting to press the button and being like should i do this or not do this like what's the actual <laughs> process like of, of getting there and having that moment where you're just like fuck it i'm saying this um i mean when i first saw it i got mad i won't lie i got mad uh i very seldomly speak out about shit that happens to me because for the most part like i accept it's part of the job you know being a caster in general and i'm sure you know cap can attest to this you get a lot of hate especially if you're new doesn't matter if you're male or female whatever you get a lot of shit um but like the female stuff you know i I expect it but sometimes it just gets to be really awful um because there's nothing i can do about it i literally can't do anything about the fact that i'm female that i'm asian you know this is me but uh I definitely think that there was a little bit of frustration, especially seeing all these stories. I've been getting so many stories from women that are too afraid to come forward. And that was like also like bothering me, like building up a little bit, I think, too. Mm -hmm. So I actually and Rynessa can attest to this. I asked people, I was like, I'm really pissed about this. Should I should I send a should I tweet about this? I'm not sure. And like I sat there for a couple minutes and I was like, you know what? Yeah, you know, I'm just going to call call someone out on their shit. Again, did not expect it to become what it became. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but it, it was a lot of a lot of things. You know, I've been in the scene for like officially bigger. I don't know what you want to call it for like two years. And I've, I've had to deal with a lot of shit. And then hearing other women who are saying they've had to deal with a lot of shit and then being like, well, I have a moment where I can just not have to deal with shit for the <laughs> first time in my entire career where I can actually mm-hmm. call someone out. Yeah, that's been a, a weird thing. And I've gotten a lot of weird responses to that, some of which even made me question, should I have even said anything? And I'm very lucky that I have some amazing coworkers that were like, do not apologize. They're like, you're 100% in the right. Like, maybe, you know, a couple people said, maybe you could have worded it a little nicer. <laughs> but that's so far, not what Twitter's for. So far... All of my colleagues said that, you know, you were you were definitely in the right. But the ones that aren't going to agree with me, obviously, aren't going to message me. So I think the uh, the thing that's really unfair about um, these situations, just in general, is human intera- interaction is very messy. Um, mm-hmm. And I think people always <laughs> people like expect personalities and such to like write like the perfect PR tweet or something every mm-hmm. single time. But the reality is we're angry, we're sad, we're upset. Like sometimes, like I, I also put out some tweets that I was like, ah, oh, I like, I tweeted that too quickly, you know? I messaged like, you, uh, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I know wait, someone which... else who messaged you about one too. It was, uh, wait, I'm not sure which one you guys are talking about. But, uh, That's not a good sign, Cap. <laughs> you don't know which one. Woo. But needless to say, it's like uh, people always just like uh, the random public just always wants to shit on you for not wording things perfectly, for mm-hmm. not like responding exactly the way you should. When the reality is for for like me anyway, I was emotional. But for you guys, like. It's like a, a buildup of, of of a lot of shit over a lot of time. Like, it's not surprising that you don't react to it perfectly. And that, I think that's part of the prejudice, right? Is that like, you're expected to do so. You're expected to react better than what you are going through. You always have to, you always have to take the high ground, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
The, I think something Moxie said that really clicked with me though, this is the first time I felt like I was allowed to say anything. This was the first time I felt like I was allowed. When I wrote that article last year, I was sick to my stomach for days. I felt awful about criticizing a studio I loved. I felt awful about the Reddit backlash that they were going to get. I felt awful about the production people and everything else. And I felt awful about all the people who came to me to talk about that tournament and how uncomfortable they were and how scared they were to say something. And I mean, it was miserable. It was, it was absolutely miserable because I truly did love most of the event because well, I, I'm going to talk about the Uber Eats sponsorship. The way they did that was so brilliant. I was so impressed. And I didn't feel like I was allowed to say something. And the moment I had that recognition is when I sat down and wrote it. Because I said, if I am this scared, how scared is everybody else? And I have a salary. So I have the privilege to say something. But it still didn't feel like I was allowed to. And I was anxious and upset for days. Gods and I talked and I sort of explained it and I felt a lot better knowing that he knew I didn't have any malice behind it. And we kind of worked things out, but it didn't feel like you were allowed to comment. And so many people were quiet throughout that whole tournament, even though they were uncomfortable. I had people who were there working the tournament that, that came to me and told me that they agreed and that they were also uncomfortable, but they didn't feel like they could say anything. This was the first week, not just women. That's the thing. This was the first week that it felt like all of us could say something and not immediately be crucified. Because women have a hard time saying it because then you're too sensitive. And guys can't say it because then you're a white knight or a simp. And if you look at a lot of the guys who've been like, not to say you guys haven't been allies, but some of the guys that have been like really strong allies throughout this are the ones that are more on the fringe because they do speak up more often and that definitely impacts them as well. And this week, it was awful to read those stories. It was awful to see what, what both men and women have dealt with as far as toxicity and abuse and manipulation. But it was very freeing to finally be able to talk about it. That was, I, I, I'm happy that it happened. I feel awful for what people went through, but I am beyond happy that we could finally talk about it. I mean, I messaged you, Nessa. I messaged you after <laughs> the article came out, and I was like, "Thank God, somebody else yeah. like, like it's not just me." And like, I'm so sorry for all the shit that you are getting right now because I wish I could say something, but I'm afraid that if I say anything, I will never get invited to anything at Beyond the Summit. That people are gonna attack me. Mm -hmm. I I couldn't say anything, and like, it broke my heart. I well, really wanted to. I hold that against you 0%. That was, it was exactly sentiments like that, where I said, you know what? I have a job. I don't work freelance. And one of the reasons I don't work freelance is because I always want to be able to. And I, I honestly had a conversation with myself and I said, yeah, you could be quiet. Epicenter major went great for you. You've got jungle jam. You've got some cool stuff. You could be quiet. And I straight up said, but if I'm quiet, 
and I go somewhere in 10 years, am I going to hate who I am or where I work? And I just said, if this is the culture that is here in 10 years, I don't want to be here. And that was the choice. But, but again, that was a super privileged choice for me in, in doing that. So yeah, but it was really hard for a lot of people then and now. Did making that article when you did for BTS somehow make this last week easier for you in any sense? Because you felt like you didn't, like you already kind of broke through that watershed of like, hey, I'm, I'm okay being a voice. <laughs> um, gosh, I, I am okay being a voice, but I never like being a voice when it's about me. I want to be a voice when it's about other people. I don't want it to ever be. I don't like it being about me. It always feels inappropriate to be about me. Um, even though I'm sitting here writing about an article and talking about me. I know. And it just, I, I fight over that in my head all the time. And I'm just like, when do I say it? When do I not say it? Is it worth worth of a point? Um, but one of the things that I saw, especially during the Black Lives Matter, is that a lot of people had a hard time saying anything because they hadn't been aware because of their privilege, because of who they were, they hadn't been aware. And it felt hypocritical. It felt jumping on the hype train. They so a lot of people had a hard time saying anything because they felt like it was, they'd never said anything about it before. And they were afraid of being judged for jumping on the train now. So selfishly, because I had said something before, I didn't have that hurdle to get over. And it's, it's fine. Like it's totally legitimate to feel that way. And a lot of us feel shame. Like I had that hurdle to get over with Black Lives Matter. I was like, man, I, I think a lot about what it's like as a woman. I do not think enough about what it's like to be not white. I really don't think about that enough. And I had that hurdle. And so when we got to this movement and I saw some other things, I was like, I bet this is really hard for people. And it's self-righteous or narcissistic or whatever. But I was like, you know what? I already did this. I don't have this hurdle. I know that this is my fight. I know that this is what I've been doing. So I'm going to talk now and, and try and have productive conversations and, you know, everyone else can catch up. They'll, they'll get there eventually. Um, and that, that's honestly what made it easier is that I didn't have to fight my own shame entirely. There's some things that I am embarrassed and ashamed of that I will always have to come to terms with, but because of that, I think it made it a little easier for me. So it sounds like for you, it really started with the article. Um, but for most of us, the this whole thing started with basically just a lot of general tweets um, about like treatment of women in the scene. Um, mm -hmm. There was a number of people who came out with more... Um, like stories that weren't very specific, didn't necessarily call out like individual people or so, or talked about like, hey, you know, I talked about somebody who was making, who was bothering me and nobody listened or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for anyone who's like uneducated, uh, right? Like they might not even know some of what happened this week if they've been super tone deaf or like just not on Reddit or on Twitter. Maybe they like were in the Maldives for some reason, right? <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. I don't want to go to there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sign me up. Take me away from Twitter, oh. please. Yeah. 
Uh, uh, so yeah, where, where did it, where did it really start for you, Moxie? Um, when it was like the, the first things that were just kind of broiling up that made you like want to be able to talk to the scene about these things? Um, I mean, I've always wanted to talk <laughs> yeah. to about these things, but yeah. it's, it's a pretty big hurdle, um, considering that, you know, I, I'm like the most junior of the casters to join into like the seat of being invited to lands and whatnot, um, which makes things a bit difficult. But I think what for me, what really kind of got the ball rolling is I was on Twitter. Uh, I was just looking at stuff and I saw some sexual assault cases coming out. And like people are like, oh, my God, you know, can you believe this? And I'm like, yes, yes, I can believe this. I believe this happens all the time. Like, what the hell? And like that. So I made, a, speaking of PR tweets, being very careful about how you phrase things, um, I did, I started writing a tweet that's just like, you know, it's, it's always been here. Like, you're all freaking out about sexual assault, but like, women have always been treated really poorly. Like, mm-hmm. you go into any Twitch chat, and you see a woman on that screen, you know what's going to be showing up over in the Twitch chat. You know that, you know, if someone is casting that's female or maybe they're, you know, hosting or whatever, there's going to be real nasty comments. We even see it in games, right? Like, I'm sure, you know, if if Ellie was playing or, you know, see Rynessa all the time, you see me playing, like, I don't use voice chat, but the second that they find out that I'm either female or that I'm Moxie, holy shit, do they not hold back anymore? It's awful. So I made that tweet that was kind of like, y'all are acting like this is some big surprise. Like, what did you expect? This thing is a pyramid, like we talked about. All of this shit down on the bottom over time mm-hmm. starts to go and get bigger and bigger, and then it's a sexual harassment, then it's sexual assault. Like, And then I just, I just gave up at the end, and I just said, fuck this shit basically because <laughs> i was tired i was so tired like i can't believe that people didn't think that this was going to happen that this wasn't going on that's that's when it, and then you know it all goes from there but that's when i kind of was like i'm i'm done i'm done i you know i don't want to get forced out of the scene by saying this but i can't like rinesa said at the end of the day, you want to go to bed at night being able to be at peace with yourself. You don't want to look back and be like, I'm a monster because I didn't say anything. And I couldn't live with myself. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll go polish up the old resume. So <laughs> got to see what's in my area. Maybe I can do customer service or something. I don't know with COVID. But yeah. I, just, I couldn't anymore. I couldn't. Yeah. There's always a breaking point. It's... <sighs> I was going to say it, it feels surprising to me the amount of people who are just like blatantly ignorant to this. But then e- even that is, is a disingenuous statement because I'm aware about how many people are blatantly ignorant to this stuff. You start <laughs> reading responses on Twitter, responses on Reddit, right when we get the ball rolling, right? Like people are complaining about like ambiguous sexual harassment, ambiguous, you know, uh, women in lobbies. And then, you know, we start talking about Grant and people are like, oh, well, this is this is like a thing, right? And it's it's just... I think the mental stress really started coming in for me when I just see all these people who are just so clueless. Mm-hmm. Who and some of them like I, I I think some people genuinely like wanted to learn or were surprised. I'm not saying that everyone was like totally ignorant and chose to be ignorant. I think some people really didn't know that this stuff happens and they're like, oh, let me let me open my eyes to it. I some people had to have learned from this whole debacle, right? 
But the amount of people who uh, stand by not learning or come here a week later and just continue to be toxic through all of it, it just makes me so chronically sad for Dota and society. And I get that a lot of it is, you know, Dota is so worldwide that you can be like, oh, people in different regions have different ideology like not everyone Mm -hmm. is is a california liberal if you will right like there's a whole wide swath of people that we're talking to about this which elicits a bunch of different reactions and i think that makes it harder to be able to properly you know digest or learn just through twitter or reddit because they're so fucking polarizing you can't have a nuanced discussion which is half of the problem right well, that's why I have refused to engage in actual discussion by text. My tweets have been ambiguous or supportive. My very long Reddit post was as my personal opinion as much removed from it as I could while still telling what happened. And I have really only engaged on something like podcast or on my stream is the only time where I have actually really started to talk about it because 90% or something like that of communication is nonverbal. So much comes through tone and body language and having emotions and listening to each other and how you read one thing and how you write it and the intent you have are completely different. And when someone comes in with so many people, there's this really cool study that showed that you can't actually understand something you read unless you already know 70 to 80% of it. So unless you're already somewhat knowledgeable or an expert on something, you can't actually even read about it. You need to baby step your way up. And that's where text as a medium with something like this that is news to a lot of people or that is rather world shattering can be very hard because for them, it's just something they haven't been exposed to before. And that's where video as a medium is so much better because the tone that you have, the body language that you use, the way you choose to engage in things, the long form aspect of it are all ways that are so much more effective for communicating. That's why teachers, that's why we have teachers. That's why we don't just sit there and read a book. There's obviously benefit to come from actual speaking and and engaging and listening with that. So that's, I've really been trying to keep my engagement mostly to video basically. Yeah. Like it's, it, and I wonder the, the cynical part of me is that it's thinking that the people who need to see the video or need to be educated are just like, predisposed bigots who aren't really looking to change any opinions they have they just think hey man you know cancel culture fuck that (laughs) everyone sucks why do you know i really liked that caster now i can never hear them again because what they touch someone like you know that's and and i i don't know how to deal with those people or how to even engage them or how to even like so so I guess I, I can speak to a little bit from, from, from the Reddit perspective, right? Because we were having a lot of conversations inside uh, the, the moderator team as we were looking at what was going on of what do we just completely silence, right? Like, like what opinions are either so bad or so worthless or so not true that you don't post them? Because there's, there's a spectrum, right? There's people who are just saying 
falsehoods, which is like there, there's no point to them to be in the conversation. That's easy. There's people who are attacking people and being aggressive and, and harassing people. That's easy. We can get rid of those. But what about the rest of the spectrum where there's people who, whether uh, genuinely or disingenuously, are trying to have a, a discussion about like, well what is the difference between these stories? What's the difference between Zyorian Grant? Like, what? who should we believe? Who should we listen to? What is good about cancel culture? What is bad about cancel culture? What, can we have a long debate about innocent until proven guilty? And it's just difficult to, to stand by and be like, what what is a value, What what is a, a worthwhile discussion to even have on that? If, if anything. I think something that I've always really taken to heart is the people that are on an extreme end. If you're on an extreme, it doesn't matter what end you're on. If you're on an extreme end, those aren't the people that you're talking to. The people that you're talking to, the people that you're looking to have good faith engagements with, the people that will be affected by this are those that, some that think they're good allies, think they know what's happening, don't realize the depth of it. You know, Slacks in his video said, I knew it was bad. I never knew it was this bad. That's a great, I mean, I feel bad for him, but that's a, that's a great kind of result almost is that you reach someone who is understanding, but didn't quite know the extent of the problem. And then you also have people who they're not malicious. They aren't bad actors themselves. They don't particularly care one way or the other who hear this. And then maybe they start to care. Maybe you move them into that you know, semi-ally position. And then the next time something happens, they become even more informed. It's kind of about moving people along the spectrum. So if you can move them a little along the spectrum, that's what happens. And that's why these things are so messy. And that's why they take forever for things to change because it is not black and white. It is so nuanced that you do have to start pushing people down that spectrum. And you can look at stuff all throughout, I mean, obviously it's American history, and I think people are very aware at this point that American that that U.S. schools only teach American history, and it's terrible at the rest of the world. So that's all I got for you. But you can look at U.S. history, and you can look at slavery, you can look at the women's right to vote, you can look at all of things that were basically codified into our government or or accepted ways of life that people didn't see anything wrong with. And they're, they're, they're gone. They're being fought against. They're being worked against, you know, and that was all about shifting the spectrum, recruiting allies, education, compassion, understanding, and it doesn't happen instantly. And so you say, oh, this is a problem. Growth can get over it. It's like, no, that's not what people did in the past. That's not how things change. Things change with compassion. Things change with understanding. Things change with conversation. Let's start there. And so this has all just been about pushing people along that spectrum. So do we just want to go over the whole timeline of things? <laughs> I don't know exactly what the play is here. I, 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 this, is a, this is a weird conversation to have. Yeah. It's, it, it is. Um, I, I, I guess like if, if we're looking for like a more broad view for someone who, who may be someone who is more uneducated, like there, there, there were some big actors here at play that mm -hmm. got a lot of discussion more than other. So, um, you know, we, we had Grand Grant, who was initially, I, I would say most of this started with, um, you know, he was 
accused without his name then with his name and then he withdrew and then other people are like whoa hold on he never was guilty how dare you and then other people are like whoa there's more stories about him so i feel like we we like bundled up grant pretty quickly and then you know stuff about toby stuff about sayori stuff about demon now we're talking about red eye like there's all these people who were like very large figures in the community who have all in some way shape or form been implicated to various degrees and it's even hard to talk about it in like a chronological timeline sense because they all overlap and it's messy (laughs) and you can argue that like as i think a lot of people do that some of the more messy ones that aren't as cut and dry like it seems like toby is a pretty cut and dry case as time went on and people are like hold on we need to distance ourselves from him cap your tweets valve taking voice lines out like even i think there's less discussion on reddit or even twitter about him than a situation that is a little bit more that is a lot more nuanced like if you're talking about kips and zyori or uh demon until he fucking uh, put a giant <laughs> foot in his mouth by not being able to write a sentence yeah i feel like we definitely got uh different <laughs> some different sides of the spectrum where i feel like grant was like relatively cut and dry um and especially since he just like said he admitted he'd done bad things and he just uh he just straight up retired um didn't try and argue with anything um didn't try and like give his side of the story just admitted and said like been a bad person in the past and dota deserves better he retires Zyori, i feel like is very complicated and um there's a lot of people who feel like he's almost not in the wrong almost at all um some people believe that he's still pretty in the wrong toby kind of similar to grant except for the fact that he just is hasn't retired and hasn't said anything and hasn't like he admitted to doing horrible things but he contests some of the stories and then jimmy went the i guess attempted pr route that failed (laughs) miserably i don't really know what to say about that um (laughs) But for me, anyway, I think the most interesting topics are the first three. Um, I, I think Demon, I, I don't just don't even want to talk about him anymore because it's like whatever. But um, Moxie, uh, uh, like you, obviously everyone knows here that I was friends with Grant. Um, in some ways, I'll be honest, I'm I haven't talked to him. But like in some part of me, I'm still friends with the Grant Grant that I knew. Um, mm-hmm. and so I want to know, like Moxie, like, how did you feel about it? Cause obviously you'd experienced being around Grant and things like that, but simultaneously you'd probably heard things behind the scenes. Well, that's the funny thing about all this is that like, I had heard that Grant had been toxic. We've all seen him, you know, body fear in the one V one. We knew that he <laughs> used to have a huge drinking problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and like when he first reached out, cause he reached out to talk about SA Dota with me. Cause he's one of the only other people that I know about at the time that was really interested in that scene. And he was glad to have someone to chat with about it. Um, I was kind of like, Oh, I don't, I don't know if I want to talk to this guy. Cause I, you know, heard all this toxic stuff. I had heard some stuff about Llama and him too. I didn't know a lot of the details. I just knew that it was very bad. Um, and a friend of mine actually said, you know, you should really give him a chance. You should give him a chance. He's turned over a new leaf. He's really trying. Like, you know, everybody loves a good comeback story, right? So I was like kind of hesitant about it. And I started talking to him. And yeah, he sounded, he was always very supportive. Um, he was very friendly. He'd check in on me. Like if he knew I was going through a hard time. No one actually told me anything about the 
the sexual harassment or, you know, the assaults or anything, which was very surprising to me. Um, so like I, here I am, you know, I'm thinking he's trying really hard and I've defended him a couple times because I was like, yeah, you know, but he's tried, he's trying to, you know, turn over a new leaf. So when that came out, it blindsided me. Like I cried. I'll be real honest. I, I fucking cried. Like, because I was like, how, how? And like, part of me was, was like, maybe it was a misunderstanding. And then more stuff came out and then people started DMing me. And some of those people don't even know each other, but they had the same story. And that's when it was kind of like, I can't just say that it was a miscommunication. Like, cause you know, when you have a friend, you want to defend them. You're like, no, like you don't want to believe the worst in someone, but there were just too many stories. And then the part that also like got me upset later on was I was talking with some people that have been around in the scene longer. Cause I, you know, I came into the scene like two years ago and I, you know, didn't know a lot about the other talents. You know, I knew a little bit, but I only knew from what I've seen on social media and like what you guys put out. Oops, sorry. Just hit that. Um, but then a couple people came to me. They said, Moxie, I'm so sorry. We should have told you. We thought that because you were friends with him that you would just ignore us. And that was like a whole holy shit moment. Like, I considered myself fairly approachable, I thought. But like, that's, that's how this stuff can be sometimes where they're like, you know, well, we knew that you were friends with him. We knew that you had said like, oh, you know, he was bad in the past, but I think he's turning over a new leaf. I had no idea about this other stuff. And they were like, we should have told you. The friend that told me the friend that told me that like you should give him a second chance was not in the scene. He's just, you know, a, a fan or whatever and had been watching his cast and thought he was pretty good. And he freaked out. He messaged me and he goes, oh, my God, Moxie, has he ever has he ever done anything to you? And he started freaking out. He's like, oh, my God, it's all my fault because I'm the one who told you you should give him a second chance. And I was like, you know, thank thankfully, you know, he was nothing but a gentleman to me. Like, I've had conversations with him. We've, like, gone out for walks and stuff. Nothing bad ever happened. But there was the possibility of it, apparently. Um, uh, so I'm one of those people that never said anything. But from my experience, you were never in any danger. You were fine. There are distinctions that are made in how you are treated. I was fine the moment I had a certain relationship. That was when I was fine. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's, that's a reality of what it was like. Uh, and we all have uh, discords and chats and things where we all talk to each other. And yeah, most people knew. But the moment you're like recognizable, the moment that you're on a broadcast, you're fine. It's before that. So you were on a broadcast, you were fine. He just never got brought up to me. There were plenty of others. Lord knows. <laughs> plenty of others. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, that's know. I definitely got that briefing. Any girl who has gone to an after party has gotten that brief. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, that's. It's 
it's crazy to look back and realize how early on, and I can think of so many conversations that I had and so many things that I knew. There was another bad actor who's not even remotely in the scene before, although I, yeah, there's someone else that's not, not even, not even remotely related. It's like a friend of a friend of a friend that uh, was literally talking about awful things that they were planning with me while I was streaming in a party with me and they were speaking in, in another language. And one of my viewers happened to speak that language and translated it to me. And that was, and that was very early into streaming. I was a very small streamer. I had only been doing it for a few months. And uh, as, as that was with like the random person, um, that was a huge eye opener for me to super pay attention to anybody that showed any interest whatsoever ever that was my assumption was this is something that could happen at some point so hold everybody at an arm's length because of that that was my introduction into the streaming world was that and it's super weird to think back on i think i was 20 i was a senior in college it's just weird my introduction to streaming was a guy who came into my chat and said, I'll give you $500 if you send me a photo of your feet. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's why I started laughing. <laughs> and you know, the worst part is the guys I told this to were like, well, did you send them the photo? That's what everyone <laughs> says. And they're like, send them my feet. Everyone encourage this. Yeah, oh my you don't, god. You don't want a screenshot five years later that's like MoxieCast at Gmail picture of feet and like the PayPal receipt. <laughs> like you don't want like it doesn't matter, like five hundred bucks, not my feet, sure, whatever. Like you don't want that screenshot five no, years later. Really like, that's don't. what you're worried about. I have never I mean, top... my feet to anyone. <laughs> I'm very proud of that fact. As poor as I have been, I've never sent photos of my feet. <laughs> I, I think that's something that, like, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I was tempted to make that same joke. Um, but but it, that that is something that, like, for guys, we... I, I just think of it, you know, and I'm like, ah, I'm going to rip them off of $500, but that's not where it ends, right? He's mm. not going to take $500 uh, give you $500 for pictures of feet and never contact you again, Imagine right? Go away. At, at that send point in time. Something else. Yeah. He's going to send you what he's doing with that photo. <laughs> you don't want that. Oh, gosh. So we, we talk about Graham. We talk about, you know, all the stuff that comes out about him and how it kind of progresses over time and how people have known from behind the scenes their stories from behind the scenes. Like, I... I had drinks with Llama at TI five. Like I, I'm guilty. I, I was privy to there being a court case that was in proceedings, but I wasn't shouting it from the rooftops, right? So like I, I feel some kind of third degree also shittiness about like why don't we just talk about this? Um, but then you know if if you call Grant a little bit more cut and dry, then you suddenly get into the whole saga that happens with Sayori, and. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people who aren't happy with the current state of affairs, who aren't happy with the Me Too movement, who have a predisposition against cancel culture, use this situation, which is significantly more gray than black and white, and, and, and start to use as a reason to discredit everything. And how do you justify or fight 
back against that because they're two very different stories that ultimately have like similar themes, similar touchstones, but people want to compare them one for one when they're not at all. Well, in the Zayori situation, I just like to read people Kips's initial tweets. Her initial tweets. Fuck it. It's time to back up more stories. The Ash story is true. He tried the exact same thing with me. Systematic. Talk to a new girl. Do them a favor. Pressure. Try again at a second occasion. I talked it over with Zayori yesterday night. I understand why these things happen. We live in a fucked up system that makes it hard to be honest about power and sex. But if I have the power to make less people doubt Ashney, it's my obligation to use it. I opened up not as an extra accusation, but as an illustration of the spectrum of interactions that we humans operate on. Not everything is a Me Too story, but it can become one through ignorance or intent. Kipps's initial tweets very specifically said she's spoken with him. It's not a crazy serious allegation. It was just an attempt to contribute to the conversation that ignorance can lead to these. And that's, and I haven't, this is my first time talking specifically about this, opening myself up to all of the people who are upset with her. And that's the hard thing of having this thread here and this thread here and a bunch of comments spamming the same thing is that you do start to think it's this one narrative. But if you go back and look at her very initial tweets, she straight up says, this isn't a Me Too story. This is just to show that power dynamics and nuance and these things are messy and complicated. And that's what she starts with. And it is so unfortunate that no matter how well written your master PR tweet is at the beginning, it still won't work out for you because people will read what they want to read and then it will get diluted and it will get twisted. And that is the nature of having text-based and thread-based in these temporary things where you never see the whole picture. And that's what's so unfortunate about everything that happened is that I feel like so many people didn't see the whole picture. And that's what really makes me sad because it wasn't, it was a good teaching moment. That's what I saw it as. It was a good teaching moment. It was a good reflection to understand how different people see situations differently. And it should have just been a conversation point. The only goal there was a conversation point. Yeah, but now that's extrapolated to, I think there's a non-unsubstantial group of people who think that she Mm -hmm. just accused him of rape, which is not true. That is not true. We just read the tweet. It's not true. That's not what happened. But that is like a predominant narrative that mm-hmm. you see. If you go into these some of these threads or Twitter threads blind, you might come out with that conclusion. Yep. And I don't know if that's just like a lack of literacy from people or an agenda or how to even properly navigate like what 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 do you do what what do we do with that? Is is that do we just call those bad actors and be like, well, they're people who are never gonna like learn? Like, wow. No, I, I spent easily 50 hours last week, more. I probably spent 60 to 70 hours last week reading threads, reading tweets, talking to people, on calls with people to talk to that. A lot of people reach out to me, hop on a call, talk with them 30 minutes an hour. And, you know, that was my entire week. You cannot expect every other person that this isn't like very personal to 
to have that level of attention. You can see one thread where a lot of people are saying she called it rape. Blah, like, you know, all these people are saying that. And it's very easy to walk away with that assumption. And I don't call that a bad faith actor. I, I blame the platform for that. I don't blame the person. Yes, there are bad faith actors that no matter how many times you tell them that, they won't listen. But I think a lot of it has to do with the nature of Reddit as a platform. It is very fleeting. It is unfortunately fleeting. The um, I almost feel like that conversation that Kips is trying to put forward um, was almost too subtle and too nuanced for like the general public. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, I mean, I learned something from that story. Um, also be totally honest that I wasn't super happy with Ashley's story. Um, mm-hmm. But it, I did learn something from Kips's story. Um, but if you're not like, like you said, if it is a spectrum and you're just being moved over just a little bit, if you're farther on the end <laughs> of the spectrum where you look at things that I like, I look at it as pretty clearly sexual assault and they're like, ah, was it though? Like that person sees something very subtle nuance like that and sees it as an opportunity for outrage and proof mm-hmm. that the movement is, is wrong, I guess. And it's just such a, it's so like too bad that people took it that way. Cause when I saw the mm-hmm. Ashley story come out, I immediately wrote to Kips because I was like, Oh my God, this could have been your story. Like if you had not been like, no, I'm not interested. Like that, that could have been your story. And like, she, you know, she thought long and hard about it. And then eventually was like, you know, she wanted to support her fellow woman. Cause like Ashney got attacked, like ripped apart. And so Kips's whole point of putting that statement out was just like, yeah, this happened very similar to me. And I want to make it known, like, you know, she's not just some crazy person that's like come out of nowhere with these accusations. I even we sat down with Zayori. We had a little mini Moonduck meeting. I'm I'm trying to figure out who's actually in Moonduck anymore. (laughs) But we sat down, a couple of us, and um, we were we were talking with them. And I told him, I was like, dude, I heard stories about you. Like that was one of the first stories Kips told me was be careful with Zayori. And, like, I have never been able to come and tell Zayori this until now. Like, and I said, you know, they, they were horrified. The guys were horrified. And they were like, I can't believe you didn't feel comfortable. And I was like, I'm a new caster. I'm a lady caster. There's, like, none of us. <laughs> and, like, if I came forward with that, can you understand where I would have been scared? Like, you guys would be like, oh, my God, what are you talking about? You're a liar. And just kick me out. And that was the end of my career. Like, I wish I could have been like, hey, I heard some rumors about you and I kind of think like we need to talk like because I'm not sure if I feel comfortable being in a company with someone like that. But there are so few chances too for for new people, just period, that I did not feel comfortable with it. So it's, it's really a shame that, you know, Kips took the time to write something. As Renessa said, her PR statement was very, very, uh, you know, specific and very, you know, carefully constructed so she wouldn't incite the mobs. But it, in the end, it, it didn't matter. The mob still came. They're giving away free pitchforks out at the door and <laughs> everybody wanted one. Buy one, get one free torches. It was a great deal. A lot of yeah. people got stabbed. <laughs> okay, I'm going to make this really real. Um, can we talk about Ashney's accusations? Mm-hmm. 
So when I first read it, I was like, oh, fuck. What's wrong with Ziori? Like, holy shit. Another, another person that I would consider a friend is a terrible person. Um, and then I saw Ziori's response to it. And very fortunately, he was live at the time. And he was just able to react very naturally. Um, and Ziori is also farther on that spectrum, right? Of where he, like, I, I've talked to him and he's like, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm a little bit sad that it just takes away from the movement. And I'll be totally honest. If that story was, was written about me, like, I never knew rape could be so subtle. The implication of Ziori being a rapist at that point in time, I understand power dynamics and stuff, but like the accusation, like being called a rapist is something that like terrifies every man, you yeah. know? And I would not have reacted well. If you put me in that Ziori seat right there and I read that story about me, I would not have reacted well at all because I would have had a visceral. And when, when I get emotional, most of the time it's anger. But like, I would have had a visceral, very likely angry reaction to being called a rapist. Uh, so uh, or the, the implication of, of yeah. that, rather. So the really interesting thing is um, there, a few years ago, I would have read Ash's statement and been really upset and not understood it. However... I completely understand where sometimes it's easier to say yes because it gets you out of the situation faster and safer. And that is a really hard thing to explain. And when I read her statement, I didn't see her directing that at Zayori. I saw that as self-reflection. I saw that as I didn't understand that saying yes when I didn't want to say yes was another form that could be viewed that way. That doesn't mean that the person who is making you say yes knows what they're doing or deserves to be raped over the coals like someone who is convicted of rape. I think I said raped over the coals instead of raked. Sorry. <laughs> I heard um, that too, raked, raked over the coals for being convicted of rape. And so, however, it's one of those things where, you, like you said, Kips's tweet was really nuanced because that is something that I really understand um, because of uh, speaking with someone about what happened to them, not Dota related. Because in speaking with someone, I actually understood enough to explain it to them because they were uncomfortable, but they didn't know why. In reading Ash's statement, when she said, I didn't know rape could be so subtle, it read to me like a self-reflection. I didn't realize that saying yes when I didn't want to was why I am so hurt or so damaged by this. The problem is that is very subtle and nuanced. That is a very hard thing to wrap your brain around. And so when she says it, and I completely agree, it looks like that's what she's saying, is, is saying that 
this could have been rape or this could have been this bad kind of thing. It looks like she's saying that. But to me, because of the experiences that I have learned about and talked about, I think I could see completely where she was coming from. And that's what makes this so hard and messy because it's emotions and it's gray and it's impossible to express yourself because you are calling out behavior. And it's very hard to call out behavior and emphasize that it's saying, listen, I don't hate you for this. I just want you to understand. And that sentiment is very hard for people to get because you feel attacked and you're naturally going to be defensive. And that's what made her statement so hard because it looked like an attack. But if you are someone who's been a victim of something similar, it kind of just looked like affirmation. Like, hey, women out there who've experienced this, I learned this, you should learn this. You're not alone. And that's what's so hard about it. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I think, I think it also, some of it just comes back to the perfection of making the yeah. perfect statement <laughs> and like, it's a very emotional thing to, to talk about. Um, and like, I, I helped Ellie write, um, what she wanted to be able to say. And like, I got to witness firsthand, like it was, it was, um, very difficult for her to say something that didn't point to any one person or anything like that. So. And I think if Ash's story hadn't had a person in it, then that discussion would have been much more about how, about the power dynamics. But the point I do want to make is that the first tweet that was about Grant, but didn't name him happened. Then Ash named Zayori. Then Lama was willing to come forward with her story. Right. There is a timeline chain here in which you do have to take into account that potentially naming a name, even when you don't necessarily want to throw that person under the bus, was, and again, I don't know her motivations. I have not asked her, but you do have to think about the fact that we all know and knew that there was worse out there. And you do have to think about the fact that maybe you take that bullet of Twitter hate and maybe you do your best to explain things and explain the nuance, but you do it so that other people can share their stories. Because I honestly believe the stories we saw this week might never have happened if Sayori didn't get named. I truly believe that that is a very possible alternate timeline. And it's really unfortunate. And I told Zayori that. I said, it sucks that it's you who's having a very mature approach to this, who's learning from this, who had, a, in my opinion, a great statement. I said, it sucks that someone who is very clearly now an ally who understands who's going to work towards this had to take that bullet. It really is awful for you. But if it helps, please know that I legitimately think that helped other women come forward. I'm too dumb to have an eloquent follow-up to that. There's so many women who still haven't come forward. Like, that's the crazy thing about this. That will never come forward. They're too afraid. They don't want to relive their trauma. 
they think, oh, well, it was a long time ago. You know, I, I don't want to drag this guy under the under the bus. But that, like, that's that's the crazy thing. Like, everyone's like, wow, look at all these stories. <laughs> there are so many more that are still not said and that we'll yeah. never hear. Yeah, that's. Yep. And there's. I have my own stories and I have a lot of event coping mechanisms. I'm never alone. I have a a cameraman who, or producer, camera, whatever, who is with me almost at every single event. And he knows to just pretend that we're dating. He knows how to intervene. He knows how to step in. We, I mean, we straight up, we'll, we'll share a hotel room so that I don't have to go back somewhere by myself. I have so many, and I I say when I dated Theban, I called it relationship armor. That's what I said. I said, I I didn't, I wasn't super, I'm so much more public about it now than I was then. I was intensely private about it then because I didn't want anyone to say certain things about me. But if anyone got even close, you can bet I name dropped the heck out of that. And I called a relationship armor because that was the easiest way to stay safe at Dota events because pro players are respected and untouchable. And that's like, oh, she's not rejecting me because she doesn't like me. She's rejecting me. She's dating a pro. Like, that's a good enough reason for my ego, right? And so, like, I have stories, but none of them are awful. They're uncomfortable. They're creepy. They're weird. They're not awful. There are a lot of cases misunderstandings. And so, no, I would never name them because they don't deserve what would happen to them just because people angry on my behalf would would chase them down. But I have stories. We all have stories. And I'm not even willing to say them because I'm afraid of what would happen to them because they're not bad stories. And then, and like Marcy is saying, the people that have really traumatic stories they can be afraid of what happens to the person because they understand they're afraid of what happens to themselves. They're, they're afraid of what the discussion turns into. Um, and I do think that, um, the stories that are being shared are probably coming to an end. I think that we saw the first movement that we're going to see, and then maybe in a few years, we'll see it again. I don't know, but I, I do feel like a lot of women are never going to step forward and it's it's good for them that you know they can deal with their trauma but it is unfortunate also that they don't feel safe enough to speak so that leads us to toby who i feel like (laughs) is the foreshadowing of all of this there is Mm -hmm. people in the scene uh i think you said moxie and um and I'll be honest, like I worked at Join Dota. Uh, I witnessed Toby being socially awkward on more occasions than I can count. Uh, mostly men, because that's what's in the esports scene. Um, the But there was a general rumor of Toby is creepy. Mm-hmm. I'll be totally honest with you. I do not take stock in rumors. Of course, humans, like, you gossip anyway, but, like, I try very, very hard because of some personal experiences not to take anything out of rumors. And what one of the biggest things I've learned from this is that, like, it's one thing to just be like, 
oh, I heard this rumor, but like, I'm not going to let it affect my opinion of this person. And it's something else to hear a rumor like that, something that could be potentially dangerous for other people and not going out and pursuing it. Because mm-hmm. like, like you guys are saying, there's a lot of people who feel uncomfortable coming forward about these things. So as a result, unless you're not in the proper circle or by association, right? Mox, you said people thought because you were friends with Grant, then they wouldn't listen to you. Like if you were told that story, they wouldn't listen to you. And that was something that really opened my eyes when I saw Toby put out a tweet that's saying like, I did some horrible things. For me, it just clicked in my head at that point in time. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, motherfucker. <laughs> like, I've done some horrible things. And, th- and I was so surprised at how many people were willing to open up to me all of a sudden. I had no idea. That's kind of a form of privilege, Cap. The fact oh, that yeah. you hear these rumors and you're just like, oh, well, I don't take stock in rumors. As women, specifically, <laughs> I I do not speak for all women. Let me put that out there right now. <laughs> but we can't afford not to listen to those rumors. Oh, we survive by we survive those rumors. Because of those rumors. Like, that's, that's a big problem. And, like, even, you know, just to backtrack just a little bit, not a lot, because I know we're, we're going through the, you know, the, the sheet here. <laughs> but, like, I, these ladies who've come forward, too, to me, they have screenshots. They have all of this evidence. And they still can't come forward about it. Like, it's not just rumors. It's that they have all this evidence, but they just don't feel comfortable. Like, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say it. I made a tweet that said, I see you guys slipping into DMs doing damage control. There was one man that I was talking about specifically, and I think we can all figure out who it is now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Heard about that one, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I have screenshots of that, as do the rest of the world now as well from and this is a totally separate case. These are two very separate cases, actually three separate cases. But that's besides the point mm-hmm. of sliding into those DMs. You've seen one person come forward with those DMs. I have two other people that have similar screenshots, unfortunately. And I can I can actually share a Toby story. I, like I said, things that happened to me are minor, but uh I went to TI4 and I was a normal pleb, whatever. I actually waited in line to meet Cap because I was very excited because I'd been casting some JDL matches. And I was like so proud of the fact that I got to cast the same, like in the same outfit as Cap. Like I was casting Fnatic versus Rock's Kiss because he overslept. And I had 3,000 viewers and I was so excited. I remember this. I just, I just remember this like so clearly back. Like I also remember this <laughs> because I had a very traumatic experience of being like, oh shit, I overslept. <laughs> Sorry, go on. But I was really excited. I was a terrible caster, but it's fine. It was one of my first casts. But I, I got into Dota watching Cap and Shiver. That was I started doing all this because Cap and Shiver got me into pro Dota. Shiver, I watched her stream. And I saw the shit that she got and I was like, we need more women. We absolutely, that was, that was like straight up why I got into all of this was because I was like, she gets way too much crap. She's blazing the trail. Let's keep this going. Um, so I was really excited to meet Cap, whatever. Uh, so that TI, I was, I was cosplaying and uh, because I read it back then was like this really 
it, it was definitely nicer. It was covered in like cool plays and all this fan art and all of this like really fun stuff and definitely a lot less complaining. And I, I couldn't draw and I really wanted to do fan art. And that's how I got into cosplay. I was in a crystal maiden cosplay and I waited in line to meet Toby and take a picture with him. And there was a huge crowd because it's Toby. And it was by the front doors of Key Arena where the VIP section ahead has the railings. And then there's always a ton of people standing there. And uh, I go to take the picture with him. And he goes, wait, we have to do the pose. And I have no idea what he's talking about because. Oh, God. Yep. Yep. Because I don't know what he's talking about because I don't I didn't use social media. My boyfriend showed me what was on Reddit. Like, that's how I knew about the fan art, but I didn't really use it. And he slides down my body and hugs my leg. And it wasn't that that bothered me because, like, I don't have, like, a huge bubble that doesn't really bug me. What bothered me, I still remember it. I still have these, like, like m mini, mini, me emphasize mini, not major, mini trauma flashbacks to all of the people in the huge crowd in front of me and up the players and VIP and stuff all laughing and their phones flashing as they all take pictures, too. And I just remember that so clearly and i didn't really think anything of it at the time it was my first event it was my first time cosplaying but looking back at that i still i still i don't remember what we talked about i remember that one line he said and i remember all of those cameras back when people used the flash on their phone i remember all of that and that's why when i was warned about toby i was like Okay. That was just it. That was just like, okay, that makes sense. That tracks. And that's, it's not a big story. Like I said, nothing awful has happened to me, but it's just, just one of those little signs of uncomfortable, weird things that before this week, I never would have mentioned. That's not anything that anyone considers worth mentioning. Like Moxie pointed out before, like the difference of how a guy receives that and a girl receives that. I, I remember seeing the the picture that I think he put on like social media or something. I don't rem I don't know if I saw it at the time like that happened, but I remember seeing the picture and I remember just having this like, oh, God, that's cringy. <laughs> like, that's how I respond. Like, it's cringy. But obviously for you that like. There, like, there's a whole danger element that I don't have to think about at all. And if you look at the picture, I am leaning so far. I have this huge smile on my face, but I'm like doing this, getting as far away as possible. And when I pulled up that picture this week to show to someone, I was like, well, here's my Toby memory. Someone else was like, look at your posture. I didn't even realize it. I didn't even realize it until I looked back at that picture. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I did do that. That was weird. Yeah. <sighs> Lee Leader's over there just cracking up. Like he's just dying. Uh, my my coping mechanism for everything is is humor, which is bad because I'm like the person who laughs at funerals and then also like is thinking of all these horrible incestuous jokes right now that I can't say because one, they're not funny. Some of them might be funny. But also like it just it's just detracting from the importance of this. So like uh I, I'm I'm gonna self acknowledge my ability to just be a fucking imbecile and not know how to do anything but 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 laugh and rub my tummy and pat my head. So <laughs> um 
I just, it just makes me it makes me so uncomfortable. Like I, I I never heard a lot of stuff about Toby. I did hear stuff about Grant. I was I was trepidatious about Grant when he was coming up because I just always thought that he was kind of like someone who could be an alt right person. And then that's that, that <laughs> that's that's that <laughs> that's what I thought. I've seen screenshots. That's that. That's what I thought, and I never thought about it in a way of like, oh, could he be hurting other people? I'm like, oh, he probably just has like shit political views and like isn't very well educated. I never extrapolated it past that. And then enough people were like, oh, you know, like he's different now. Like people like it. I'm like, oh, okay, he made an effort to change in some way, shape, or form. Not not even taking a moment, a, a fucking modicum to stop and consider, you know, what could have happened between now and then or before then are stories that people don't share or that I'll never know. And just just realizing, you know, to 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 be more careful and like think about these things and realize how they affect other people. So like, you know, it 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 makes me look like, man, why didn't I think more about this? Like we 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 did a show with Grant. It just exists on our feed and we had a fun time doing it. And that's Well, that's in Cap says he misses his friend that he knew. I think that's totally valid. It's 100% valid. I have fun memories of Grant. I do. I've hung out with him at events. I've been around him. We obviously have similar circles. I have fun. I, I don't have as many as Cap, but they exist. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally fine to, to be sad about missing that. It's, it's fine to have good content. He's done lots of, you know, fun, entertaining content. That, yeah, that, that it Joker makes sense. Skit. That Joker skit probably has a really different meaning now, right? <laughs> But coping yeah, you mechanism can, you Sorry. can mourn the loss of a person mm -hmm. you thought you knew 100 yeah. percent, and i know i definitely i definitely have that's been very difficult and very confusing to separate yeah. what you knew and then what you didn't know i mean slacks slacks put it pretty clearly he's like you know i feel like i just found this out about my brother that's not an easy thing to come to grabs with but you have to and it'll take time. Yeah, that's none of this is easy. None of it is easy. Maybe 500 years from now, they'll look back and be like, yeah, that movement that took 50 years or so, that was easy. That's how we talk about the women's right to vote. That's how we talk about suffragettes and marching and everything is it's it's like three paragraphs in a history book. It's 10 minutes in class. It looks easy. It it was not it's it's really messy when you're in the middle of it. So between rumors and actual allegations and then confessions and just presumptions from people that like the worst of it, if there was worse things, of course it would be out there, <laughs> right? It's like that, that, that would be sort of the assumption with Grant, right? Like, shit, he did so many things on stream. Uh, there's something worse. Of course, it's going to be out there, right? I've seen the screenshot of Toby and the N-word joke, right? I've seen that a billion times. Of course, there's going to be something public. So why, why do people stay silent? And I guess, let me note real quick, uh, for people now watching the video version, both Moxie and Nessa were laughing during that. So. <laughs> I started it, okay? Yeah. I had my shit together and then she laughed and I couldn't hold it in anymore. I mean, I started it. I was just like... <laughs> also, for clarity, I'm trying to push the podcast forward, which this is the next topic, is why people stay silent. <laughs> but go on. Oh. Uh. 
Oh, we, we, we've definitely touched on it. The backlash is really bad. The backlash is really bad because so many people make the assumption that you're out for blood. And again, like Moxie said, like I say, I do not speak for all women. However, I'm going to tell you, I think every woman I've spoken to is not out for blood. They're like, I don't care what happens to them. I'm fine. I've worked through my trauma. I just want to protect other people. I just want to support other women. I just want to encourage other people to share. And that's the really hard thing is that in my experience, no one who speaks up is really doing it for themselves. They're doing it for everyone else. So there's no reason to speak up until you sense that there is significant danger for someone else. And on top of that, there's no proof. When someone is popular, you're going to have to deal with everybody, you know, coming at you and everything. Everyone questions your motives. Everyone thinks it's for attention. So not only does it have to be to protect other women, you also have to think that you're going to be believed. Because if you're going to relive that trauma and then be attacked for it, you damn well better hope that at least someone is listening. Otherwise, there's no point in saying anything. And that's just what seems really hard to me, is you have to get over so many hurdles. It's not just one. There's a, there's a whole heap that's Everest, and like there's base camp, and then there's so many more things you have to go before you can get up there, and you might die along the way. Very few people actually make it. Makes me, uh, I've had a, uh, I'm not going to lie. I've got a lot. I like Hamilton a lot. I've been listening to a lot of <laughs> Hamilton recently. I've had a lot of dumpster fires going on in my life right now, unfortunately. But mm -hmm. the quote, uh, I may not live to see tomorrow, but I will gladly join the fight. And when our children tell the story, they'll tell the story of tonight. That quote comes to mind pretty hard because there are a lot of women and men too. Like, let's not forget, yeah. like there's been a lot of guys that came forward. And if you read, if you read their messages, they all say like, I wasn't going to come forward, but yeah, you know, they're trying to add to this discussion. They're trying to add to the credibility. They're trying to show it's not just women. It's not women that are trying to, you know, get clout or whatever, because who the hell would want to call out <laughs> some of these guys? Like, it's terrifying. They're juggernauts of our industry. I got into Dota from listening to Toby. Like, that was mm -hmm. to, to make it into the scene and then hear things about him. And you're like, oh, my God, like, I didn't know these things. Like, that's not something someone wakes up one day and says, what am I going to do today on Reddit and Twitter? And how am I going to get that karma? I think I'm going to go after the big guy. Like, no, no, they don't do that. It's, it's a suicide mission. There's a reason why he was, his stories were like the last to come out in a way, right? Yeah. 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 And we, a couple of us, we were sitting there, we're like, who's going to be brave enough to take him on? Mm-hmm. We've yeah. heard so many stories. We have gotten so many stories. And we were a bit, I know I personally was a bit nervous. I was like, somebody's got to say something. I've already used up all of my internet points. Like I got <laughs> to have my one moment of angry lady on the internet. I'm, I'm done for like another 10 years now. I'm not allowed to have another one of those or <laughs> God help me. But like we all, we all just kind of sat there. We're like, who's going to bring up this topic? And there's still a couple people where we're like, who's going to bring up this topic? Because it needs to be done. It's a scary thing, even and, when you have proof. 
Yeah. It doesn't matter. Because people some have guys, to actually read the proof. That too. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe we can like draw it out and it's like crayons or something for some of these guys, but sorry, that was snarky. Uh, <laughs> Please be snarky. You know, you know, you you have all this proof and stuff, and it's still like some of these guys. It doesn't matter. This is their favorite caster, and you saw that too a little bit with Grant. Grant just full on was like, "I've been I've been a bad person," and he just dipped. And people are still like, "We'll see you when you get back, man. Good luck. You know, you're you, you'll come back." And like, it, it, it's like, what? Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? And like, you see some of that now too. And it, it's just before it wasn't safe. Like, women were afraid of the repu- for their reputation. They were afraid to lose mm-hmm. their jobs. And now it's a little, it's a monochrome of being safer. It's just a little tiny bit like, okay, this person told their story and some people believe them, so maybe I can lend my voice and give them more credibility. It's not like, oh, look at me. It's how can I help this so we don't lose momentum, so we have these conversations. Nessa's very fond of the phrase, conversations, not crusades, and I 100% mm-hmm. am behind that. Like, all that we want is a better community. How yeah. do we make that happen? And how do we get people to believe us enough to want to make that change? And then a, another note about why people don't come forward. It's really important to acknowledge the psychological aspects of blaming yourself. Uh, so I'm thinking of a few of my stories and I'm like, why did I take that job? Why did I uh, respond to that comment? Like, why did I allow this conversation to continue? Um, and There's I just a lot think of blaming yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I just think, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have, you know, walked back with this person. I shouldn't have. Um, when someone sends me like a thirsty Instagram DM, that's like. Eh, like, you know what they're after, but they don't obviously say it. Like, I should have just ignored them. I shouldn't have been like, haha, so how's your day going kind of thing. You know, you, you always ask yourself those questions of, oh, I should have acted differently. Like, I should have stopped this. Because like Moxie said, I think at the beginning of the podcast or something, you know, we listen to rumors because that's how we survive. We do these things because that's how we exist. And so, you know, women are taught, you don't walk alone at night. When you're in a parking garage, you hold your key so that you can stab someone or you call someone on the phone so that if someone jumps you, they hear and can call 911. You don't live on the first floor. As a woman, you try very hard not to live on the first floor because that's where the most break-ins and rapes happen. All of these things are our job as a woman to be aware of. So when something happens to you, you can't help but feel like it's your fault sometimes. I shouldn't have walked back from that party. I shouldn't have gotten in that Uber by myself. I shouldn't have responded to that message. And you hold yourself accountable. So then when you come forward, you don't even want to because you're like, well, I don't blame him. You know, I'm, I, I, I should have said something. I should have stood up for myself. I shouldn't have done this. And that's, that is my personal struggle that I've had to yell at myself for because I've actually called out a lot of people over the past couple of years. But I have to argue with myself for like two weeks before I challenge them on it. And that's that that's another really big hurdle is that you just end up blaming yourself and you don't even think that they have fault in it. And it's not entirely their fault, 
in several scenarios, you know, there's, there's things that go both ways. There's miscommunication. There's different ways you approach things. It's not to say that just because you're holding yourself accountable, it's entirely the other person's fault, but it's really hard to kind of determine where that line is. It's been a very common theme in the, um, I've noticed that a lot is the, the self-blame every single story that has been given to me has like a fair share of like, I know I should have responded better to this advance or something like that. And it's like, that shouldn't be your job. (laughs) (laughs) Taught like, especially, especially woman in a male dominated field too. Like you, Mm -hmm. you pride yourself on being tough. You yeah. pride yourself on like, oh, you know, I've got another another asshole in my, you know, messages, you know, trying to tear me down or, you know, this is really tough, but, you know, I'm going to stick it out because I want to, you know, I want to make things better. or I really love the scene or like all of these different things. I mean, and you try your best, too, because you're like, you know, I can't be the damsel in distress. I can't show a lot of femininity because that makes guys act differently towards me and it also you know it almost feels like you feel a little discredited if you're trying to like do things in that male dominated scene like for instance i always ask who's picking me up when i go to land i need to know who is picking me up because god forbid i get in that one car the wrong car and then that's it like i used to make a really dark joke that i was like if you don't hear from me i'm in the trunk somewhere bye guys and like my friends don't like that because it's too dark Uh, i can see leaf is he enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, okay. We, moving on. Yeah, but uh, again, we've already talked about how that's his coping mechanism is laughing. <laughs> but these are these are things that like most people don't have to think about. Like, I don't, you know, if you are asking like, who's picking me up at the airport, right? It's just because you want to know you have a car. For me, it's I need to know I have a car and I need to know who is picking me up so it's safe. Like when- you pride yourself on being so flipping tough and like making your own decisions and making sure that you don't put yourself in these very scary situations that when they do happen you're like oh my god i shouldn't have done that i should have asked more questions i should have you know made Mm -hmm. sure that i had a friend with me i should have you know maybe i shouldn't have had that drink maybe my you know maybe i i did give like the wrong signal like you have all these moments where you're just like what how did i fuck this up like that's what a lot of women they ask themselves when things happen it's not it's not even the processing of, oh my God, this happened to me. It's how did I fuck this up? And that's oh a really, God. that's a really good example of like when we say include more women or have more women at the table, when I went to Epicenter, the talent manager was a woman and my contact was a woman. I didn't have to ask who was she picking me up. She sent me phone numbers. She gave me names. She sent me pictures. She told me all of these things I didn't even have to ask because she understood what it was like to fly to Russia for your first time, not speak the language and walk through a foreign airport. She knew that that was terrifying. And she was like, you don't have to take a cab. You don't have to, they don't have Uber. Like you don't have to do that. Like this is the woman who will be there. This is the sign she will have. This is what you are looking for. And then when I got there, that woman introduced herself, said the name of the woman that had told me to meet, like all of these things, because I think they just understand. And that can make a really huge difference. If I had had, if it was a male talent wrangler, they may just not have realized that. And then I would have had to ask a lot of questions and then felt like I was a problem, especially working my first event. I would have really felt like I was a problem. 
and or and or I wouldn't have asked and then would have been terrified and anxious the whole time. Um, so yeah, that's that that's just that's just a little insight into our brains. <laughs> awful too. I can't tell you how many times I've apologized to people too. Like, I'm so sorry to have to be like a bother. I'm so mm -hmm. sorry that like, I'm, you know, I'm a bit nervous about this. Like, but like you said, it's something we have to consider. And it's something that isn't always considered for us. I can attest to the fact that I've never, ever gotten that much information about <laughs> a pickup. And if I did on the off chance I did, I don't remember it. Because it d doesn't matter to me, right? As like as a guy, I'm. And before uh, Captain, I don't, even, I don't think about. Oh no! Any of <laughs> <laughs> just put in any car. Before in a trunk. Exactly. That won't be the first curb your enthusiasm <laughs> video that's been made of me with this podcast. So. Sure, that's very unfortunate. Yeah, that's. I mean, I I I, I don't, like listening to that is, is is very enlightening for me because I think that's something that you know I with. You know, I, I feel like I'm very open with my sister and I hear stuff like this from her. But just I feel like I don't hear it from enough sources even or think about it enough or try and process enough to realize that that is the reality. Or you do and then you forget about it. And it's just like there's, there's so much more that all of us could be doing better. When I went to the summit too, and this was my first time ever doing any of this, and the only thing I knew about it was Iori DMing me on Twitter and asking me for flight info. Um, I didn't have a smartphone. This was fall of 2014. I got a smartphone very late. And all I knew, literally, first of all, I thought the studio was in LA. So when the pilot announced we were landing in Ontario, I was very confused. I thought it was in Canada. <laughs> that happens, that happens here, yeah, I'm sorry. So that was alarming. Um, but I was on the phone with my mom and I was like, yeah, I landed. And then she said, well, who's picking you up? And I said, I don't know, I call this number and some guys in a white van are picking me up and taking me to their house. <laughs> and my mom's just like, what? <laughs> And I'm like, it's fine. They're broadcast talent. Like, it's totally fine. And fine. It's the white windowless van and a bunch of dudes are gonna show up. What? I'm gonna, turn it up. I'm gonna cast some video games, mom. Holy that is that is horrible. legitimately what happened. I called a phone number. It wasn't even Zayori. I didn't even know who was in the van. I just got in the van and I went to the BTS house. I didn't know what hotel I was staying in. Like I didn't have any information, right? I was given a phone number and a plane ticket. Like that's the difference. I'm going to a Taken film right now. So, oh my God. I was fine. It was a very fun event. <laughs> Thank God that you you were fine. I can't imagine what your poor mother was thinking. <laughs> um, oh my God. I think I think something else that I personally don't give enough thought to, um, and and these last couple of weeks have maybe put a lot more thought to, is, is the idea that the public isn't entitled to the entirety of someone's story. And mm -hmm. I think that causes a lot of frustration feels like the wrong word, but, but, but a lot of resistance when you talk about these things on, on a Twitter, on a Reddit, on a Facebook, on a what have you. It's that like, well, I mean, we're only hearing like one side or we don't have all the facts or why wouldn't they say everything? I want, I want every detail with pictures and video evidence from a ring doorbell. Like if I don't have that, <laughs> then how can I prove anything? Um, and, 
and and try to not falling into that that trap of logic that like you're not entitled to that and not and not the public's going to get all of that and maybe someone who works for a company be it valve be it bts be it anyone behind the scenes in a more private group knows more and can make decisions is fine and it's not your decision as a community member to be judge jury and executioner the hard thing is that people see it as well you aired out the topic publicly you need to finish it publicly and i think what they don't understand is the only reason it's being aired publicly is yes show support to other women encourage them but also maybe you tried private channels and it didn't work so well uh, the Perion story is an amazing example of that is that private channels were taken I mean, it was attempted and sometimes you need sorry reddit to if you feel used but sometimes you need public pressure to make people pay attention and once you have that pressure is then when you want to go behind the scenes and one of the most ridiculous things that i've seen through all of this is people were demanding well we need screenshots we need proof and then elaine tweeted a screenshot of her conversation. And then she got attacked. How dare you release screenshots without Toby's approval? And I'm just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) There's a reason I label all of those things as DMs. They are direct messages. They are not private messages. I will keep it private if it is appropriate. And we have had that discussion and you aren't allegedly being accused of doing something terrible, but sorry, that's all out the window when something like that comes up, right? Like I will respect people's privacy, but in that case, people were out for blood and demanding proof and hey, guess what? Someone was willing to share it and then they get yelled at for doing exactly what people ask for, which was, that was interesting. Damned if you do and you're damned if you don't at this point. Like like yeah. you said earlier, people are very polarized. You're on team A or team B, and it's hard to find people in the middle right now because, again, like Rhinessa said earlier, you know, Reddit, you drop in, you look at a couple things, you're like, oh, wow, and then you just kind of leave, and you're like, oh, man, that's nasty. I don't want to look at that anymore. But there's been, like, a lot of people that are like, well, you should be discussing this one-on-one. Are you out? your mind (laughs) who wants to discuss this one-on-one with the person that potentially did something to you like that's not helpful and that that also does not allow you to feel safe it doesn't allow like it's a he said he said she said kind of thing then too which becomes a problem like all right mediation sure but like we've seen and renessa pointed out the whole period story he went to a third party nothing really became of it like it's unfortunate like you know again these women really don't want to be airing their their laundry out in front of the entire internet these guys don't either this is not a situation where you're like yeah let's let's throw that you know let's go put this out for everybody to see and get judged and be torn apart in the middle of all of it i mean um, i want to be on a keemstar video if that's their goal i mean if that's their goal <laughs> I have no right to say anything about their goals, you know, but it's, it's just, uh, you know, we, we say also too, like nobody owes you, like Mm -hmm. you, you don't owe anybody your story. What you decide to share is up to you. And I get it. I get that people are frustrated because it is on a very public platform when you come out with these accusations, but 
there's so much going on behind the scenes that people don't realize. There's so many conversations going on that people don't know about that people are looking into. And then you run into the whole, you know, bit where they do feel pressured. And, you know, Maruna had to talk to multiple people, multiple people. And this like, this drives me fucking insane. I'm going to be really honest. But like, we have to have men say, hey, she showed me this and I believe her. And it's like, mm-hmm. what? Like, it's and I love the fact that we have allies, like having allies is so important. It is so very important. But it also kills me a little bit. The fact that we have to have men come forward and say, it's OK, guys, it's OK. I got this. It's it's <laughs> this is true. Don't worry. I've looked into it like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, men. As the male judge here, <laughs> I have deemed this evidence worthy. Yeah, that, that yeah. did seem. uh it was very official sounding cap. I <laughs> even though it did, it wasn't good, but it sounded real good. It was, uh, it was something that definitely threw me, I guess, for a bit of a loop was how like that, that validating process and just like how, how many people felt more comfortable being able to, to come out, uh, about these things. Um, I do think part of this, I, I think we kind of do have to talk about it, though, the, mm-hmm. the whole cancel culture um, mm-hmm. idea, because if, we, if this is a teaching movement, then we do have to talk about the other side of things, inevitably. Um, there is a pretty high profile. I've, I've looked into it a bit. I'll be honest, I, I don't know uh, everything, but there is a pretty high profile case in like CSGO of mm-hmm. things going the other way. Um, from the public's perception anyway. Again, I, I read through the arguments, but I like kind of skimmed through it because it didn't really pertain to me. But from the public's perception, somebody came out against a commentator and everyone was backing her. It seemed like he was a really shitty person. And then he was able to give his own say on it. And it, from what he has given, it seems like that story is, is very, very different. Um, so... What do we do about that, I guess? Uh, so I don't want to tell people how to feel or act. It's not my job to order you to do anything. But I do have a request. If you think, if you want to be a good ally, being a good ally means listening to and supporting a victim. It does not mean attacking who they came out against. If someone feels like they have been wronged, abused, harassed, whatever. You acknowledge, okay, you feel this way. I'm sorry for this. Thank you for sharing your story. There's a reason you see that message repeated by like every single woman in a Twitter comment. Thank you for sharing your story. I'm sorry you had to experience this. Just because you affirm that someone feels a certain way does not mean that you believe or advocate for someone else getting destroyed and torn apart. It is almost universally looking for acknowledgement that you feel bad and acknowledgement that there is a societal problem. And while I can't say that not all women, I've, and I mean, women, men, whoever comes forward with stories of abuse, I cannot say that some of them aren't out for blood and looking for repercussions. What I can say is that 
if you are truly an ally and you truly want to improve things, please focus on the conversation and not the crusade. Because a lot of times the victims who are speaking up are not asking for you to go fight for them in that specific instance. They're asking for you to fight for them moving forward. They're asking for you to fight the culture, not the person. And that's the hardest thing. It's, I, to me, it feels a lot like the Black Lives Matter protests where some people started rioting and you saw like white people jump in and start smashing things. And it's just like, we're not asking you. I mean, in that case, that's not the we. We in the, the abuse victim side are not asking you to to be destructive. We're asking you to be constructive. And it's really hard because when someone thinks they're fighting for you, you don't want to call them out. You want to criticize someone for speaking up. You don't want to criticize someone for trying to be an ally because then they might retreat and 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 think that you're you're angry or judgmental and you're you're the one on the crusade. So it's very so you sort of have to like conditionally accept these allies even though you don't fully agree with how they're going about being allies, you kind of have to take what you can get and do everything you can to push people towards conversation. And it's so hard because someone getting instantly canceled because of one twit longer, that's not how it should work. How it should work is someone in charge, BTS, Valve, whoever else, should say, okay, now it's time to look into this further. That's, I think that's, that's a, a pretty apt analogy um, just because it, it works in a different way in that there are a lot of rioters. Uh, there is a very small percentage of looters, right? And very similarly, we've had studies on uh, accusations of sexual harassment and a very small percentage of them are, mm -hmm. are people lying. Much, 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 much larger percentage <laughs> are people coming forward with actual factual stories. People love to use the outlier as an example of the opposite when it's an outlier. And no one wants yeah. to talk about statistical data because it's not <laughs> right. It's yeah, I it, it's hard for me to 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 square the circle of, you know, uh, this is just how people treat or have conditioned to understand cancel culture. And as much as we can, you know, educate and talk about that, not being the sense or not being the goal or, or just trying to frame it a different way. I don't know how it, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a mirror of the entire conversation. It's how, how do you educate people on, on that same scale? It's a different scale, but, but it's like, Hey, this isn't, this isn't the fight, right? That's. Ah, Ah! <laughs> I've read so well, many toxic Reddit threads that I that I just, I just want to vomit <laughs> and like yell at people, and I uh, this isn't the platform to do that. <laughs> I think a lot of the good about people the conversations. Yeah, I I, I, I think like this, like this alone, like this is such a good place. Like Nessa said too, you know, being able to hear someone's tone makes such a big difference. Like you know, some people will make us out to be angry harpies. Because of, of things that we've written. And that's not what we're trying to be. That doesn't help us. That doesn't move us forward. Like, we're really just trying to facilitate a conversation on, this is a problem. How do we make it better? That's and I've had, I've had several guys message me and be like, 
but this cancel culture is insane. But this is, but this person shouldn't have named who this was. And, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? If I were them, I wouldn't have said the name. But you know what else? They're not advocating for anything to happen. This cancel culture that you're talking, and again, I have seen a few cases where people are mad and they're out for blood. And yes, that does happen. I'm not saying it doesn't. But for the most part, I've seen people, it's just about awareness. And I've, I get, I've had a lot, of, a lot of friends in my DMs be like, but this cancel culture is crazy. And every single time I go, cool, I'm not having that conversation. Every single time I'm just like, listen, cool, but that's not what I'm doing. That's not what I'm standing for. That's not what I'm talking about. Stop talking about it. I cannot engage with this on you. As I've said, I was like, listen, I'm, I'm worn out. I can only fight so many battles at once. I cannot engage about this on you, about this with you right now, because that is not what I am focusing on. And that is not what I want people to focus on. And if you want to, sure, but it will not be with me. And I've had to have, I've had to say that a lot to people this week. I think if we try and wrap this bad boy up because I'm looking at the timer and I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> not only are we going to have to overcome the obstacle of people wanting to listen to this, um, because I think a lot of this will be hard for a lot of people for all the right reasons. And I really hope that there are a lot of people who uh, are at this point and are like, wow, I, I learned something. I have some more insight. I didn't think I was going to listen and I'm here. Like, thank you for, for, for still being here. Um, but I, I think I think we touched on you know like did is how proactive are we being with all of this like are are we at a point where we feel like this is effective where people are learning where people are changing do we get to see those people because I don't know if we like I don't know if we night and day see see the the repercussions or or the effects of people changing their their opinions but do, are are you all hopeful that that we have accomplished some good in the last week through all of this toxic shit. I think we've got to be hopeful, right? <laughs> like the alternative is is a bleak, dude. Yeah. But no, I've had I've had so many people reach out in various uh capacities, like some that are in places of power of hiring, um some that are just, you know, people within the scene showing support asking how can you know what can we do how can we make this better um people that are genuinely like look this is a problem like can you send us some ideas how do we make things so mm -hmm. that it's it's a safer place or that you know there are the right resources available so that this stuff doesn't happen again and i think that's very heartening the fact that a lot of these people are saying we don't want this to ever happen again like that's the big thing that i want going forward is future stuff we have it has to be better it has to be better i have so many parents that come up to me at events and they go oh my god moxie my daughter or daughters you know you are like their favorite person they get so excited when you're on that screen and they want to go into esports and and be just like you and i i cried a couple times because i'm like i don't know if you want your daughters here right now <laughs> Like it's so esports is amazing. Dota is amazing. Like it's it's yeah. incredible. But the things that they're gonna have to overcome, the things that they're gonna have to be afraid of, the things that creep in the night, like that's not something I I I don't want your daughters to have to face that. But you know, if they love it enough, they're going to anyway. So 
let's make this place better. Let's give them the tools to deal with it because it's not going to happen overnight. It's it's going to take a lot of time. We're going to have to sit down and have a lot of conversations and rework things at after parties. And there's so much that needs to be done. But I believe that we can do it. I think the right people are listening right now. Yeah, I mean, we're here right now. Yeah. This is the first time you've had women on your show. That right there tells you things are changing. And that's that's not a dig at you. I'm not a dig at you. I'm repeating what was said at the beginning of the show. I don't know if I can't wait for the Reddit about funny. that, Rhinessa. I can't just see that all up there. Rhinessa like, calls outside pull podcast and never having a woman on the show. I swear to God, I promise we were gonna have a token woman with Shiva on at some point. I swear to God, we were. Yeah, it would have been it would have been safe. It would have been a safe conversation. I mean, granted, I would have put her with a man with Owen, but you know, that was the plan. <laughs> But, but I think that's like the most clear sign, right? Is that when I got started doing all of this, it was really different. The past couple of years have been massive because look at it, look at, right? Like Moxie is casting. We had Llama and Annie casting. Shiver is at like the top of the food chain. You know, she's doing amazingly. She's super visible. Then we've got the woman who made Dota buff, right? We've got... We've got Kendricks doing interviews and stuff for, was it Midas Mode? Or, you know, we've, we've got Pandora, who's an incredible writer. We've got all of these different women in positions where they're starting to now. That's why I think things have changed so much. That's why I think this conversation could happen. Because it's not like it was a bunch of faceless women saying something. It was women that you knew. It was women that you could believe it was women that you could get behind to start things off and those women were supported by the rest of us behind the scenes being like yes it's time let's go it's time let's go so the pure fact that there's so many more women involved now than there was five years ago is what created an environment that allowed us to speak and now because of all of this cap you're not going to forget Slacks is not going to forget nahaz is not going to forget ld and duds are certainly not going to forget <laughs> so things change purely because of that because that thought that consideration that moments in your mind and the hardest thing to fight is that now that more people are aware of how conversations can be perceived so differently it is now scarier to talk to women it is now scarier to involve them. So now the really, really hard work is going to be in continuing to involve them. Because if you think it is scary and hard to talk to a woman and involve her now that you're aware, think of how scary and hard it has been for them to talk to you for their entire careers. And so that's where the work is now, is making sure that we all deal with what we're afraid of and have a much more open dialogue. I'm having a, 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 I'm really hoping that if we extrapolate even this outside of Dota, that we might just be at a touch point in, in human history where mm -hmm. we're starting to make this change in a more broad sense, which is why this isn't just a Dota thing. It's not just an esports thing. It's not even just like a, like a Twitch or a YouTube thing. It's 
it's it's Black Lives Matter. It's it's people being more involved. It's more people voting. It's more people talking. It's people sharing their stories over social media. It's more, you know, I I I, I mean, you you might call me like like naive or foolish to hope that we might you know be at that at that cusp where we're reaching a tipping point, but. I think we might be, and I really hope we are, and and I really want to be there and be like, hey, look, like we finally started talking about this. We finally started recognizing a problem. It's been there. I haven't always seen it. A lot of men, most men, have not always seen it, and just being like, hey, this is this is a this is a real fucking thing, and let's like not live like we have for the last two thousand years or however long you want to, i don't know when <laughs> when when was the 40 days and 40 nights thing or the big bang i don't know whichever one you subscribe to um but that that's i'm i'm hoping that you know we can we can live in our little dota ecosystem and then extrapolate this out to like hey this is this is this is more of a worldly moment too and let's let's grab this ball by the horns and let's try and do something and not just let this moment be like a little blip in time that we all be like well there was a spark that happened and then it went away. Like I'm, I'm really hoping that there's, there's a fire that's been started, and and people start to think about it. Because I do genuinely think that there's a lot of people who we're not seeing online. We're not seeing in the Reddit threads. I've talked to some of them who are like, you know, I'm, I'm not in there commenting one way or the other. But you know, I'm, I'm learning. I'm, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, you know, having conversations about it. But I don't want to either be there. In, in the thick of it for my mental health or I don't feel like I need to be, but people I think are seeing this and starting to actuate some change inside of themselves. So I can only fucking hope that, that we're taking multiple steps in the right direction. It's a marathon, not a sprint. You got to do it one step at a time. I've had a lot of people like come forward and they say, well, it's not just a Dota problem. It's, you know, it's the whole wide world. And it's like, yeah, it is. But you know what? Take it one chunk at a time, because if you try mm-hmm. to take on the entire world all at once, you're going to get crushed. It's too much. Mm-hmm. One step at a time, you know, find something that you care about and try to make that a little bit better. And I think that's, you know, it's all about hope. It's hope that, you know, this will continue, that it isn't just a little blip on the radar, that we are actually, you know, having a slow burn, so to speak, that it's going to lead away to something better. Well, I genuinely cannot thank you enough for uh, fulfilling my silly request to. Uh... <laughs> hey guys, we haven't had women on the show. I felt like shit. When I, was mess- <laughs> I genuinely felt like shit when I was messaging both of you guys because I'm like, y'all, I'm like, man, this is bad optics. Well, time to ask anyway. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for putting up with me. Thank you for putting up with Cap. Thank you for putting up with all of the shit you've had to deal with, not just in Dota, but like far beyond. Like, I, I can't even, you know, uh, uh, imagine to fully empathize what it's like. So I, I appreciate you sharing your your time and your experience and uh i don't know if there's anything is, is it cheesy to be like hey anybody is there something you want to plug but like do, is, is there anything you want to like i mean is, is there like a our show's supposed probably, to be a comedy show by the way it, oh god our show is supposed to be a comedy show fuck we really ruined that um ooh, i only had two bad jokes this episode whatever um, and reddit woman probably... ruin everything ruin the side <laughs> God, yes. Damn it, that's you know, even ruining my podcast. I'm telling you, just run, run all of run that purge video with slacks on repeat, and that's that's your whole comedy show. There you go. Oh gosh. Um. Okay. I, I will say one thing. Uh. There's there's so many podcasts out there, and they're great. We got a lot of great Dota podcasts. 
I don't want people just talking about women right now because now is what Dota's talking about. Because, yeah, we're all passionate about the whole being women and stopping the harassment and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Write that off, you know, small cycle. Uh, but, you know, we're all here because we love Dota. So with that in mind, I actually am going to start talking to people and trying to put together a podcast that is straight up just talking about stuff that's going on in Dota and gaming all that, but with women. Sorry, guys. Shoot. Um, <laughs> but that's just something like that. And that's I don't know if I'm ever going to execute on it or anything like that, but that's I've been talking about it. And that's something I nope. think that would be really cool so that there's just sort of like a consistent, hey, here are the women. Because I think a lot of people don't know how many behind the scenes ones there are. Um, so that's what I'm plugging is that theoretically, maybe in the ether, there's this idea that might happen. Well, now you have to make it happen. Now you got to make it happen. That's, that's the, thing. You put that's it the out whole there, reason so. I'm saying it. I want someone to hold me accountable. I wouldn't have said otherwise. Don't feel bad, guys. I didn't get invited to this whole ladies podcast. So. <laughs> I haven't invited anyone. It's in okay. my head still. I'm kidding. This was okay. the first invite. Marks this is, is a comedy invite. podcast, <laughs> Vanessa. I'm trying to make a joke. <laughs> Damn it. Now they're going to say women aren't funny. <laughs> oh, no. How will we ever deal with that? I'm gonna cry to my, cry myself to sleep tonight. Oh no! <laughs> Thanks for having us, though, guys. Like yeah, seriously, no. much appreciated. It was it was very fun. Glad I'm glad you appreciate it. Thank you, anyone who is uh, who's here. And then go be don't harass these people on Twitter because <laughs> be be the opposite people, right? Like follow them and then and then say nice things because instead of the flood of the opposite things, right? So that's yeah, and that's, we'll, we'll be sure to have you back on. By the way. <laughs> The comedy podcast. We won't have you just so on to be like, here, please, ask. solely represent all women for us. We'll, we'll have, have a, you on for like actual fun things. You, you have a master's degree, us? Is that like a real thing? Like you're like thirty yeah. times smarter than me. And Mox is like arguably a better caster than Cap. There's like so many things that I actually want to be. Right, the podcast about. is no, no. over. Thanks for coming, everybody. <laughs> Cap Don't is start a,